0: Good afternoon, Warriors, and welcome to another episode of the Mental Health Movement Podcast Voice for the Voiceless. I'm your host, Chris. And before we get on today's topic, I just want to give a special shout out to all my guests that I've had on the podcast in the last couple months or last month or so. Uh, And then, of course, Sean, whose podcast that I was just on. Uh, When this podcast comes out, it will be June 28th. So Hopefully this uh, recent podcast with Sean, uh, you know, has gone to where it needs to go to and you people feel inspired uh, in some way. I am more than blessed to do this podcast and I'm even more grateful for everybody's support, uh, you know, between the shares, uh, you know, the, the feedback that everybody gives me, you know, even... My therapist, she listens as well. Um, and she always gives me great feedback and always bounces off ideas um, for me in our sessions. You know, of course, when we talk about what we need to talk about. And, you know, everything is is moving the way that it needs to go. You know, I feel like I'm on the right path to where I need to be. Um, that being said, uh, you know, before we get to the weekend, of course, it's Father's Day. So for all the fathers that happen to be listening to this podcast, you know, I'm wishing you a happy father's day. And of course uh, our fathers that have been lost up in heaven, you know, uh, my brother Santi was a father, you know, uh, of course we want to say happy father's day to those who have fallen, Um, you know, without our fathers, there's a lot of lessons that we probably wouldn't learn in life. And then there's, you know, there's some people whose mom was their father, Uh, you know, of course, not in the literal sense, but in the, the mental sense of, she had to play both parts uh, in raising you and teach you the lessons that her father may or may not have taught her. So, you know, thank you to all the moms who have stepped up in that father's place. Um, and of course, always a thank you to the fathers who serve in the military who have passed away uh, and who are still with us on this earth. So again, a very happy father's day to all of you. Um, I just had dinner with my father. It's very nice. Had a couple laughs, um, you know, But today's topic, we're going to be talking about PTSD. Um, It's a pretty heavy topic. I was treading a little carefully on what I wanted to cover next, and I felt like this was the most appropriate topic to cover next because when this podcast comes out, um, it will already pass, but basically my mom is flying in this weekend. um, Not to get into too much uh, information about You know, the situation. But uh, long story short, um, my healing journey uh, started because of my relationship with my mother. You know, um, there's a little phrase that I I read a long time ago that still holds pretty true to my heart. Um, You know, my mom was the first woman to break my heart. And as, as much as it hurts saying, I feel like a lot of people who do listen. To this episode need to hear that because we try to hold our parents at such a high pedestal right we, we try to try to make them bigger than they actually are their part in our life uh, if you will um, and a lot of us go through childhood trauma you know a lot of us go through some sort of trauma in life and I understand now that I'm almost 30 years old, I've probably heard the word trauma my entire life and never really truly understood what trauma was. I never understood what PTSD was. When I was younger, PTSD is like, okay, it was a veteran who went through the war and you know ha- has a hard time readjusting to citizen life. That's what I thought PTSD was. It wasn't until about yesterday uh, that made me aware that I have a a sense of PTSD, not, not like, uh, there's a big T and a little T as my therapist put it, uh, you know, big T is something like, you know, uh, sexual violence or, uh, physical abuse or witnessing a death or being part of a death or something along those lines. And then of course you have the, the little T, which is basically, um, you know, when you experience verbal abuse, uh, when you have that childhood trauma. And I think I fall in the category under the, the little T of the PTSD category, because there is so much that I have gone through as a, as a young man and as a child that most people my age now should never have, you know, have had to go through. And of course, I'm not saying that my trauma is any more valid than anybody else's because I feel like everybody's feelings, everybody's traumas, everybody's journey to get where we're at right now absolutely matters. I'm just saying trauma has molded me into the person that I am. It has made me realize uh, so much about my own family, so much about my siblings, so much about my parents And you come to a point in your life where you either break that cycle and you try to heal from that pain, which I'll get into later on in this podcast, or you can let that label define who you are for the rest of your life and pass it on for generations and generations. Now, what is PTSD? So by definition, it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, Basically, it's heavy on triggers. Uh, For those of you who are aware of triggers, it's basically something you get like a flashback, you have nightmares about something that you experience, you know, whether it's uh, victims who have gone through trafficking or people who have been abused by their parents or a family member, or, you know, in my case, seeing a coffin, uh, seeing a casket close. And that's, that's traumatic to me. You know, I have been to quite a few funerals and to open casket funerals and both of which were very traumatic because those images will play back in your mind over and over. So, you know, PTSD. I feel like kind of gets thrown around a little bit, and I I don't like to self-diagnose myself. I don't like to throw a label on myself unless I have facts behind it. And when I spoke to my therapist last night, uh, you know, basically we we talked about uh, what I what I was just saying. I don't like to self-diagnose because I'm not a professional you know, I, I am a mental health advocate and I try to research as much as I can about everything that I feel like I might be struggling through. And then I'll go to uh, my therapist who is a professional and try to verify if that's what I'm experiencing or not. And that brings me back to the little T, big T. I fall under a uh, little T because it's little T is more personal, uh, opposed to the big T where it's like heavy traumatic events. Uh, that's where most veterans would fall under is the big T. Um, so the symptoms of a PTSD uh, are flashbacks and nightmares like I like I was saying, severe anxiety and then uncontrollable thoughts. Um, I feel like the flashbacks and nightmares go hand in hand with each other. Uh, of course, nightmares, everybody has had nightmares since we were kids. but there aren't too many people who uh, can properly assess their nightmares and why they're happening. Um, I remember uh, the day after my brother's passing uh, the day after his funeral, uh, the sound of the casket closing was very traumatic to me. And for, for those listeners, you know, I know at the very beginning of every podcast, I had that trigger warning there, but just, just be aware that this, this podcast might get a little heavy. uh, So, if you need to take a break, take a break, you know, put the podcast on pause and when you're ready, go ahead and resume. Um, I'm, I just feel like if I don't put any personal things into these podcasts, then it's just kind of like I'm reading out of a book and I know people aren't looking for that, uh, when they're listening to a podcast, they want to hear personal experiences. They want to hear, oh, this person's going through that. I've been through that too. How do I improve or how do I grow from, from this? If he's grown from it, I want to be like that person. And if I can use my experiences with nightmares to help anybody else, or just, just to show people that they're not alone, you know, that's, that's the goal. You know, that's the goal at the end of the day is to ensure that, we're there for each other, you know, that we're validating each other's feelings and reminding each other that, uh, we're not alone. Um, the flashbacks, I feel like usually happen probably when you go to like a location that you suspend, uh, with, with that person or, you know, situation that happened a lot. Um, you know, there, there were certain conversations that you'd have with people that remind you of that person. Um, the severe anxiety, I feel like, if, if you have mental health struggles, uh, just in general, I feel like that PTSD just kind of adds onto that anxiety. So, you know, I feel like the, the flashbacks and the anxiety kind of happen hand in hand. It's like you're thinking of a conversation you have with somebody when you're just sitting on the couch and, uh, Oh shit. We just talked about this the week before he passed away or she passed away. And, um, you know, then you start breathing really heavy and you don't know, what to do, because you just can't stop thinking about it, which goes into the uncontrollable thoughts. A lot of people that I know um, are, very, I don't want to say dismissive, because I know some of them try to help, but so many people will just say, you know, oh, don't think about it, or distract yourself, or this or that, and a lot of people who don't experience PTSD, or any kind of trauma in their life, Don't understand that it's not a switch that we can just shut off. If if I can go to sleep at night and not think of or or not hear that sound in the back of my mind or whatever, I would do it. I would shut it off in a heartbeat and I'd probably get like 10 hours of sleep. But it just you have good days and you have bad days. You know, everybody has those. And you know, it that's a fact. But PTSD is not something that you can just shut off. It's something that Uh, Time does heal PTSD. It absolutely does. But you have to be willing to put in the necessary steps to heal that PTSD or else, like I said, you're going to continue that cycle. You're going to continue throwing that label in the back of your head. It's like, oh, well, I have PTSD, so I can't do X and I can't do Y. And the more you convince yourself that you can't do something, Uh, the more you're never going to do that. Like, for me, I feel like the only the best way to approach triggers is to slowly move yourself into it. You know, uh, there were certain things I couldn't talk about with people because they're reminding me of, of that person or, you know, going to see a sunset for when Amy passed away was really hard for me. And it took me probably about a month before I actually got out of my house to look at a sunset again. And, so many people don't seem to understand just how much goes into healing from PTSD or healing from any kind of trauma for that matter. Uh, You know, I am fortunate enough to not have to uh, not have experienced the severe PTSD part. And I, again, I don't think anybody's trauma is more than somebody else's, but there is severe trauma. And then there's, childhood trauma which it is it is severe in a sense you know when you're verbally abused your whole life or you're uh just constantly bullied or something that the trauma always equates you know it does say big t little t but i feel like they go hand in hand with each other in terms of uh validating somebody's feelings you know i'm not gonna say what i went through was the same as this person uh you know just like i said in the podcast with sean we all heal differently we all experience situations differently from each other and when you can come to terms with i went through this and it's okay that i'm feeling this way when you start being patient with yourself and allow yourself to heal and that's what so many people don't do man um you don't allow yourself to heal because you want to constantly i don't want to say harp harp is not the right word uh, you, you sit on that label of PTSD and you're not sure how to get out of feeling that way because that label is like a, black cl- uh, like a black cloud over your head and that black cloud just doesn't go away. And I think that anybody who has experienced any kind of trauma in their life, whether it's been abuse, whether it's been you lost a, a pet that was really close to you, that's a trauma you know, seeing anything, uh, lose their life in front of you or whatever is a trauma. And when you allow yourself to heal from those traumatic events, you can, you can completely spin that pain to helping somebody, you know, and I'll get a little more into that, um, a little further in this podcast, but don't let what you're struggling with define you don't let how your parents treated you define who you are as a person, man or woman, you know, it it doesn't matter your creed. It doesn't matter. uh, You know, your gender, it doesn't matter at all. Trauma doesn't discriminate. Mental health does not discriminate against anybody. And when you can come to terms with yourself, and you can be at peace with who you are and what you want in your life. Chase what you want. Uh, work for everything that you want, guys, and everything will come. Uh, you know, everything will follow suit. Just find that peace and be patient with yourselves, because Lord knows, I'm a, I'm not a very patient person with myself. You know, uh, and it's a uh, it's really hard to find that patience but once you find it everything everything seems to come naturally right behind it so for trauma it, it's grouped into uh, or ptsd rather it's grouped into four different types you have intrusive memories uh you have avoidance uh you have negative changes in your thinking and um feel and mood and of course you have the physical and emotional reactions to to that trauma Now, the intrusive memories, again, flashback um, and nightmares of specific set events. Um, I I feel the best way to deal with those flashbacks is to, you know, I don't want to say distract, um, is to go to that place that they loved to be at, that you guys love to visit together or, uh, you know, a park that you watch somebody, uh, that you cared about pass away or just a, a death in general, you know, um, if, if something hurts you that much to where you feel like you, uh, are avoiding that place. And again, avoidance, uh, it's, it's a thing guys. Um, but that's, that's basically triggers. The only way to heal from your triggers is to slowly, slowly welcome those triggers and turn it into something that, You know, you can write about. Bring a journal with you when you uh, are going to those specific places. Write down that event. That way, it's not sitting in the back of your head. Because when you write things on a piece of paper, guys, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't help everybody, but it helps so many people get those thoughts out of their head. That you could just close a book, and yeah, you might think about it here, uh, here and there. But you know, you can open that journal, or you can open up that notepad again, and you know, write positive thoughts right below. It's like, you know, I watched my grandfather pass away in front of me, but we always used to love doing this together. And I'm happy uh, he's he's not suffering anymore. Um, I'm just grateful for all the times that we had together. Um, you know, everybody heals differently, but I feel like in a sense, there's always, there's always the common denominator when it comes to healing. We all we all cling to something right. Uh, You know, for me, it's music, you know, music helps me heal tremendously. It, before I found mental health resources, you know, uh, music was something that I leaned on for a very long time uh, and it, and it helped me uh, so much get through what I needed to get through. Um, So the negative changes in thinking uh, and mood is really, really, really big. Um, You know, that comes with hopelessness, that comes with self-doubt. Uh, you don't have any more close relationships with people. I feel like that's a lot of people who deal with that PTSD. Um, I know for me, uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, my my mom and I's relationship is very complicated. Um, I, I keep her a little further than arm's length and keep conversations very short and simple with her because it helps me keep a keep a peaceful relationship with her, if you will. And it helps me keep peace at myself, uh, with myself, uh, that, you know, I, I accept that my relationship with her probably will never get better. Same with my father, uh, my relationship with him will probably never get better. And when you can come to terms with, uh, you know, specific things that you were put through by whoever, um, If you want that person in your life still and you're not sure how that they can be there, keep them a little further than arm's length, you know, especially family members, guys. Family members are probably the the biggest uh, problem with a lot of people and their mental health is uh, parents or extended family, aunt and uncle, you know, whatever it is. I don't have a good relationship with probably 95% of my family. And that's just due to the things I had to endure as a child, endure as a young man. And up until now, I I feel like I have enough emotional intelligence where I can draw that boundary with people and not have to, not have to worry about if this person is going to set me off or if this person is going to upset me, I can walk away from situations and, and not feel any remorse for doing so because when you start respecting your own boundaries and you let them be known, uh, that you have boundaries, uh, with said person, uh, those close relationships, you know, they might not be as close as they once were, but if you truly want that person in your life, you know, keep them a little further than arm's length, you know, just hi, how are you? You don't have to talk about anything you don't want to. Uh, I try to tell that to everybody, uh, who does end up chasing therapy, uh, you know, Um, you don't have to um, tell them everything that's going on in your life it's like hi how are you how was your day Uh, and that's that's really it you know Um, the self-doubt thing I think is something really big um, for a lot of people um, just just for the simple fact that just for the simple fact that the self-doubt is you know you're not going to accomplish something in your life because of that PTSD is preventing you from getting that promotion at work or applying for that job because you had uh, a bad experience with a manager in another place. Uh, You know, things, things do follow us when we're growing into adults. You know, uh, I, I always feel like if you put out good energy, good energy follows you. But if there was ever any point that you didn't put good energy out there it follows you in some way or another. I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in karma, and I I feel like when somebody is bullied, that self doubt follows them for so long. Um, and again, that's a form of trauma is being bullied. I, I was I was definitely bullied as a kid, and I I used a lot of that pain. And a lot of that suffering and into to helping people and to starting this podcast and the mental health group and stuff. And uh, self-doubt is something that I've struggled with probably my whole life. You know, there's days that I don't feel like I'm doing enough for people. And then I'm reminded how much I do uh, do for people. And it's, it's hard to it's hard to reassure yourself that. You're doing what you need to do in life, that things are going to come back to you in tenfold. And I know self-doubt is something that so many of us struggle with and so many of us don't talk about because you want to be happy. But most people don't know what happy means. Happy to a lot of people in society is money and and cars and a big house and everything. And all that's great on paper, guys. But uh, what is happiness to you? you know, what is true happiness? If you feel like money is going to make you happy, hey, it might, it might make your life a little bit easier. I'm sure money would make my life a lot easier, but I don't think it'll make me happy, you know, Um, especially in today's economy, you know, money, money does not last uh, in, in today's world anymore. And I feel like doesn't matter how much money you have right now, it's, at some point you're going to be humbled in your life. And some of us have, were humbled a lot sooner than others. You know, I probably uh, was made humble when I was like 14 years old. Um, when I had my first traumatic experience, that was that I'm aware, that I can be self-aware that happened. Um, and I had traumatic events when I was growing up that I still remember from when I was back when I was four and, um, you know, that self-doubt follows you for the rest of your life. If you let it, it doesn't have to be there. Um, for the hopelessness, I you know, again, I, I feel like it goes with self, self-doubt. Um, a lot of people feel like when they go through a traumatic event, uh, whether it's a bad relationship or whatever you're going through, uh, you feel like you're never going to find love again, or you feel like you're never going to have any friends because of uh, what one friend did to you. And it's, it's a revolving door, right? It's one of those things that you try to convince yourself that it's not true, but then it's, you know, you're going back and forth. It's like that seesaw that just doesn't stop. And life is all about balance, right? It's, it's all about if you're having a really bad day, you know, you can go and sleep, you can rest for the rest of the day and do whatever you need to do the next day. But if you're having a really bad day and you don't have the ability to rest, try to give yourself those affirmations, try to, uh, try to reassure yourself. It's like, Hey, I'm having a bad day, but this is going the way that I need it to go. So maybe it's not all bad. You know uh, I feel like when some people are having a really bad day, like myself, I I know I'm guilty of it. I'm sure there's many others uh, that you find little pieces of, the day that just okay i'm stacking on top of each other and this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong wrong, and you just you don't stop for me uh if i put on music for you know like an hour or two put on my headphones and just do my work or whatever i'm doing um again that's a distraction um distractions can only last for so long but when you start um giving yourself the uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um, When you start to reassure yourself that everything's going to be okay, and you're better than your thoughts. And I have a little piece of paper here right next to my desk. You are better than your thoughts. And I will forever stand by these words, because it's true, guys, you know, everything that our anxiety tells us everything that our trauma has showed us does not define us that you know, if you're trying to lose weight and you look in the mirror, it's like, oh my God, I look terrible. Uh, you know, try to be like, I'm doing the best that I can. When you can admit to yourself that you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're doing the best to your ability of doing that that uh, specific task that you're doing, your your mind will stop attacking you, stop letting it, stop letting it put you down. Because once you get into that cycle, it just doesn't stop. It, you you find something wrong in your day, and then that becomes uh, a part of something else that's going wrong in your day. And then you come home angry. You come home mentally exhausted. And again, it's okay to take a rest. It's okay to find that checkpoint and just lay down and save the game, right? Um, and I, I just, for me, I have a hard time with certain things that I I know I need to work on. And I I try to reassure myself that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay that I'm feeling like this and I'm sad today. And that's okay too. You don't have to be happy all the time, regardless of what people say to you. You know, uh, Debbie Downer, like I said with Sean, is probably one of the most annoying phrases in the entire world that I've heard my entire life. You're not allowed to be sad because when you're sad, it makes you look bad, blah, 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 blah. But fast forward to 2022 where, you know, people can get on a podcast like myself and say, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel the way you're feeling. You're not alone and you don't have to be alone either. And I wish that we could have started this 10, 15 years ago. I would have probably never had to go through what I went through because I've always felt like something was wrong with me. And I'm sure so many people can relate to that statement. Nothing is wrong with you. You're just going through a trial that you're trying to get past. You're struggling with something you're not sure how how to to heal from. But healing is possible, guys. Getting better is possible. I've seen people in, in the absolute rock bottom, in the darkest of tunnels, crawl their way out of that tunnel. And when you crawl out of that tunnel, sure, the light may take forever to finally shine itself. But when you get to that light, guys, this journey is so worth it. You know, I, I think everybody's life, uh, life matters so very much. I I think we all matter. Um, And in, in a sense of we need to reach out our hand to people that we know are struggling or we see people struggle, you know, whether that's an addict, whether that's a family member going through rough times, uh, whether that's, you know, somebody that unfortunately got locked away for their mistakes, just because they make a mistake doesn't make them a hundred percent an awful person. Sure. There are criminals. Absolutely. And those people are locked away for, for doing what they did. But then there's people who make mistakes like DUIs. There's people that make mistakes, uh, you know, getting into an argument with somebody and something goes wrong. You know, if you have any kind of record, it doesn't make you a bad person. You just messed up. Now, again, uh, this doesn't apply to the people who have done truly evil and wrong things. I'm just speaking in general terms. Uh, You know, we all go through something in our life that, you know, Uh, help people on your way up because those are the same people that might help you when you're on your way down because again life is all about those elevators that seesaw it's all about balance if you help people when you're up and they're down you know it it could change tomorrow you don't ever think something can't happen to you because it absolutely can um now for the physical part this this is something that i can relate to uh, probably to an absolute T, word for word. Self-destructive. Uh, being a self-destructive person is something that I can honestly say. When Santiago passed away, I started becoming addicted to being self-destructive, eating bad, uh, just you know, sitting on the couch for hours at a time and not doing anything. Uh, you know, uh, constantly negative self-talk, and you know it was it was a really bad habit that i was finally able to break and get myself out of the house and create a healthy routine um life is all about um finding that routine you know if you can find a routine whether it's once or twice a week whether it's you know 20 minutes out of your day create that little routine for yourself to uh you know uh i'm going to take a walk today for 20 minutes and it, you know you don't have to walk a marathon, you don't have to ride 100 miles, and uh, people will be disappointed in you, as long as you try to get better, you know, as long as you put in the work to get better, you can absolutely get better, Um, it took me a long time to break out of that habit, but it is 100% possible, you know, um, it's, it's something that I feel isn't addressed enough, um, but it's something that's kind of quietly making its uh, ugly head uh, known as people being self-destructive. You know, I I have a friend who uh, just got out of a long relationship and you know, he records on his social media feeds driving really fast and he's always drinking and uh, you know, he's depressed. And, and again, your, your feelings are valid and your struggles are valid, but once you get into that self-destructive behavior it's so hard to break out. But again, this goes with positive self-talk. You know, tell yourself that you're enough to feel like you felt six months ago, to feel like you felt three months ago again. It's absolutely possible to heal from absolutely everything in, in some way or another. We're never 100%, right? I, I know for a fact I can never be 100% because there's always, there are always that what if, you know, that what if is depression. Depression is always that what if. You can be the happiest person in the world, wake up tomorrow, you don't want to get out of bed. Depression is not a switch. Depression is whenever it wants to show up, it'll show up. And yeah, it might possibly ruin your day. But you know, again, um, positive self-talk is probably one of the most important parts of self-care. Um, and then you got startled and easily frightened. So when I when I was researching uh this topic just to kind of get some talking points, um that one really stuck out to me because uh growing up, I I don't want to say I was abused because I wasn't, I was hit with a lot of things. Um, you know, uh that goes from uh a bedpost to to a shoe, whatever it was. And I would always flinch and never realize why I flinched. And again, PTSD, uh, I always, you know, I can't joke around and, oh, you know, somebody like pretend to hit me like I would genuinely startle or like tense up because that was just something I did growing up. You know, it was something part of my childhood and something part of my young adulthood as well. Um, And again, I don't want to say I was abused, but there was enough to almost claim almost almost say I was. You know, there there was mental abuse, there was verbal abuse, absolutely, but, I you know I, being the firstborn, got a lot of uh, you know the rough end of the sword. You know, um, there was there was a lot of things that I experienced that I can openly talk about now and and share my story with you guys and be okay with sharing it. Um, trouble sleeping is something that, uh, you know, obviously insomnia. Uh, depression kind of all blends together Um, I feel like that kind of goes back into the intrusive memories Uh, you know uh, I was having night terrors forever um, when Santi passed away I couldn't shut my eyes I would constantly hear that sound that I mentioned and I couldn't sleep for probably like two weeks and I was finally able to sleep five hours uh, one night and I felt a little bit better and I could finally start building up my sleep schedule again but that, that's something that physically takes a toll on you is not sleeping. Um, I, I, I've tried every sleep remedy there is. Uh, nothing has ever helped me. Um, so, you know, you get, get like a regular a CBD pen that kind of helps me sometimes. Um, but trouble sleeping is my anxiety prevents me from sleeping. Uh, flashbacks, you know, whatever it is. And uh, that's something that a lot of people... Uh, with PTSD, I'm sure struggles with is, you know, you're, you're stuck wide awake and you can't sleep and you can't figure out why uh, I, you know, I had the lights off TV off everything. And I was just constantly, uh, you know, just not being able to sleep and seeing things with my eyes wide open and, and waking up in the middle of the night. Cause I thought I saw something or I thought, felt something brush my hand and uh, that trauma, it it sticks around a long time. Um, I I think the time heals all wounds thing kind of comes off as dismissive sometimes. But with PTSD, I feel like it's something that it may take years and may take months, but I know it's something you can lighten the load on yourself. You know, uh, self-care is something I will forever preach in every podcast. I will constantly throw those two words at everybody uh, until I'm blue in the face self-care is the most important part of healing, Uh, self-care, positive self-talk, uh, you know, getting the proper amount of sleep, your diet does matter. Um, you know, there, there's so many things that we do, we can do, uh, better for ourselves that I know so many of us struggle with. Um, and then, you know, So the causes for PTSD, of course, you know, you have the the verbal and emotional abuse, like I mentioned. Um, Bullying is another big one. Um, Mental health history, so uh, with your family, kind of goes back to my point earlier with, uh, you know, breaking that cycle in your family. A lot of our parents, me being 29, my parents are almost 50 now, um, you know, they didn't know how to raise kids without projecting the things that they struggle with because they didn't have mental health resources. You know, not like we did anyway. Uh, I felt like our parents' generation was frowned upon if they looked for help. If, oh, well you have depression, Uh, you're going to get locked up because you feel this way. Oh, you're feeling suicidal. Okay. We're going to, we're going to Baker act you and put you in a padded wall uh, padded wall room. And, you know, we're just going to watch you or not do anything. and Just shove pills down your throat. Um, Now you can find mental health resources nearly everywhere for almost every, everything that you're struggling with. You know, I I worked with the crisis tech sign for a little bit and had to take a break for myself because it is a lot, but there are resources for everything that people are struggling with. And something that I feel um, is important to remember when you're having kids is to, tell them that it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel um, how they're feeling and that you're their safe place. A lot of parents don't do that. And and it's, it's heartbreaking to see parents, you know, spew their hate for their baby daddy or their baby mommy onto their kid and not, not showing those kids that, Hey, this behavior isn't okay. You know, you're not a, a tug of war toy. You know, uh, not again, not to get extremely personal, but that was me. You know, I eight years old when my parents got divorced, old enough to remember every fight, every time a cop was involved in our life, uh, over 20 homes that I've lived in and multiple schools and et cetera. Um, We were the the, the tug of war toys for our parents, you know, and uh, your mom did this, your dad said this. And, uh, you know, again. A cycle that wouldn't stop until I finally said it was enough, and I finally started speaking up for myself because I didn't want it to hurt my soul anymore. Um, I, three four years ago, I probably wouldn't be able to just get on a podcast and talk about it casually, but today I can honestly say that I'm okay sharing this with people because I I genuinely hope that anything that I share on these podcasts help people, um, and, and I feel this this specific subject for me was something that I wanted to do. I just didn't know when. So this was the perfect time uh, to share my story uh, a little bit more with you guys and uh, share that I you guys are not the only ones that struggle. Uh, you know, you're not alone. My hand is there in the darkness. You just reach out if you need me. And that that's the mentality I want to keep. You know, don't ever think that, Something can't happen to you because it can't. We all go through trials in life and we all go through struggles. It's all a matter of when. And, you know, that may sound cynical to some, but life doesn't hold back on anybody. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter what your job title is. It doesn't matter really anything. Um, So luckily there, there's so many treatment Um, options for people you know there's different kinds of therapy and that is uh, there's cognitive um, therapy there is exposure therapy and then there's psychotherapy Um, psychotherapy basically helps you recognize the ways that you're thinking uh, your cognitive patterns um, and it they try to bring that self-awareness you know into uh, into your being and try to okay, instead of thinking this way, how about you think of it this way? And that's the kind of therapy that I have is, is a psychotherapy because, um, again, my trauma falls under that little, that little T where it's manageable, not to say that big T isn't manageable, but big T there, there's usually uh, more intense uh, therapy. Like, uh, there's the exposure, um, Therapy, And then there's the eye movement desensitization desensitization, uh, reprocessing, which basically they use um, the guided eye movements and uh, try to change how you react to certain traumas. So, for instance, if uh, you witness the death in front of you, heaven forbid, and you don't know how you're going to recover because you constantly see that image in your mind, they use the exposure therapy which puts you in that situation again it puts you where you were again and try to get you to react differently it's like oh this happened how am I going to heal and they change it to okay this happened and you know they're no they're not suffering in pain they're they're not disabled they're not paralyzed you know maybe that's the kind of thinking they want you to have is instead of this happened it's I'm grateful to have had the memories with them. I'm grateful that they were part of my life. And I'm even more grateful that they don't have to suffer in pain for the rest of their life. Death is something that I take very seriously uh, as, as does the rest of the world. Um, and it's something that everybody heals differently from. But I also feel like it, it's something that we don't all heal the same from. You know, Don't ever let somebody tell you that you can't grieve for a year and a half. You can't grieve for six months. There is no time limit on how long it takes to grieve. Um, you know, death is something that very serious obviously because you're losing somebody's life. Um, but you know, there, there's, there's so many options for, for treatments, you know, especially that EMD, EMDR um, is, is an incredible form of therapy. I've watched a couple of videos on how it works. Um, I don't know if everybody would benefit from it. I've never had to do it, thankfully. But it's one of those things for somebody who had to experience something severe that falls under that big T that would probably have to uh, expose yourself to. Um, and then, of course, there's medications. Um, I've spoken on here before about medications. I am against medications because i've seen what it does to people there are some people in this world that absolutely need it that the chemicals in their brain just can't function without uh whatever that that pill or whatever it is uh gives them you know it helps them function i don't like how uh some people in the mental health field that's their go-to instead of trying to see if they can help you know it's like okay you write down a couple words oh well they said suicidal they said Uh, anxiety, they said this, they said that, okay, here's a prescription, goodbye. I am so against that way of mental health help, because there are so many people who can heal from what they go through, and are so discouraged from asking for help, because, uh, you know, the the threats of getting locked away, the threats of, um, you know, being bankrupted, or being fed medication for the rest of your life. You know, uh, I had a bad experience with a therapist and it it happens uh, to nearly everybody who looks for help. You know, she, um, she didn't write anything down, both of my sessions with her. In um, the second session, she asked what I thought about um, taking pills because I, I was in a really bad way when I, when I saw her and, I told him like i'm I'm pretty against pills. I just want somebody to talk to and tell me how I can think differently. You know the the cognitive uh, cognitive therapy um, and cognitive, uh, I keep mispronouncing that word. Um, and you know, she basically wasn't having it. So I know that people who th- seek therapy struggle finding one, either a because it costs, or B, because you're tired of hitting that reset button, and you know the help is out there if you want the help. There are resources. There are ways to um, there are ways to get yourself better. You know, uh, if you're diagnosed with PTSD, you know it's I'm not gonna say it's not the end of the world because that just sounds so dismissive, but it doesn't have to define who you are as a person. It doesn't have to define the journey that you walk um, into healing. You know, there, there's so many possibilities in this world and especially when it comes to healing that, you know, when we start putting ourselves first and being patient with ourselves and loving ourselves, that that's super important, guys. I, this, we don't love ourselves enough. We don't put ourselves first enough. And that is, I feel like should be number one for healing, is loving yourself. Um, So the very last thing that I wanted to cover um, was something that uh, Jessica, my therapist, brought up to me uh, last night. Uh, It's called post-traumatic growth and basically turning any pain, any experience that you've gone through and turning it into something positive. I have gone through so many different things in my life that I never thought I was going to heal from, Uh, you know, I, there was, there was parts of my life that my parents were vile, that I was almost adopted by somebody else in the family. Um, There was a point in my life where I felt like the darkness would never stop um, that nobody cared if I was here or gone. And somehow I had that will to, to fight. And this was before therapy. I've never gone to therapy besides one time when I was 14. um, I tried to take my life at school. Um, Again, uh, trigger warning for you guys. Um, And it was one of those experiences that somebody caught wind of it before anything happened. A resource officer got a hold of me and I went to an outpatient therapy in Newport or Port Ritchie, I think it was. And the counselor was, she specialized in gambling, which didn't make sense to me why she was my counselor. It was two sessions of outpatient therapy and that was it. You know, again, I was 14. So you got to think that was like 2006, 2007, something like that. And it just didn't really seem to matter. Uh, if you have mental health struggles, and especially being a male, how stigmatized it is being a male who has mental health struggles. We're not supposed to speak out as men. We're, you know, macho men, and we're supposed to, you know, um, constantly be the provider and constantly uh, be the backbone of every nuclear family. And, uh, you know, eventually all that weight and all that expectation weighs down on us. And, we need the same resources, we need the same intention that everybody else can get, whether it's kids, whether it's women, uh, that everybody else has. I, I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about mental health and being one of the few men who openly speak about mental health and not try to dismiss anybody of what they're going through. Uh, you know, I want to be somebody who. People will remember uh, somebody that can help others in the struggles, whatever that may be. And if this can help a couple guys that are going through something in their life, great. I, I hope you take something out of my podcast. I, I'm more than grateful for anybody who listens, and I'm even more grateful that this podcast has made it out of the country. You know, there, there's there's so many, so many different factors in what I do and what it's turning into. That I'm grateful for. So for for all the guys who do listen to my podcast, it is okay to be vulnerable. It it is it doesn't make you any less of a man for feeling the way that you're feeling. If you lost a best friend, you lost a brother, you lost uh, any family member, your mom, your dad. It's okay to feel what you're feeling, man. Just don't bottle it up. You know, male suicide is is high enough. I did not want to be another statistic. I am so grateful that I was able to uh, have somebody reach out to me and, and be there for me when I needed it most. And I want to be that beacon of light for those, those guys, those girls, those kids that, that listen in that darkness, that they don't think they're going to get out of. And I'm very passionate uh, about this subject and, even more so for the people who are afraid to speak out. So, for those of you who listen, I'm forever grateful for you guys. And um, there are a couple quotes that I wanted to um, to read to you guys. This first one is from a song called uh, "Monster Monster Made of Memories" by Citizen Soldier. I'm a cage. I'm a prison for what no one sees ashamed. Like I'm sleeping with the enemy. No one believes me, but I'm six feet deep. It's a monster made of memories. It's alive like a parasite inside of me and it feels, and it feeds of the trauma of what it used to be from this monster made of memories or, uh, but there's, but there's no shred of evidence because I don't bleed from this monster made of memories. Um, Powerful stuff, guys. I just, when I heard that song today, I was blown away. Um, you know, there, there's so many so many artists out there who advocate for mental health stuff. And I'm glad that I've discovered so many artists who do so. You know, whether it's Lincoln Park, Manchester was still around, whether it's for Mashes to New Now and Citizen Soldier. And they're, they're, the list is endless now. Uh, I'm so grateful for those guys. Um, one more quote I wanted to read from you guys. Um, It is from a user whose uh, name or an author's name is TMT. I'm not sure who it is, but I found this on a suicide prevention page and it reads, the devil asked me how I knew my way around the halls of hell. I told him I did did not need a map for the darkness I know so well. I was speechless reading that. Um, I think it's something that people you you should, you know, sit on that quote for a little bit and kind of think about it. When we're in darkness, I feel the most, the most common thing that we do is think that we're alone and think that it's only happening to us and nobody else could go through what you're going through. And that couldn't be any further than the truth. When we're in darkness, that fight or flight kicks in and survival mode is there and you don't have to live in survival mode for the rest of your life, guys. That healing is so possible. If there's there's anybody who could be an example of someone who shouldn't be here, but but I'm here. I, there's there's so many so many things that could have broke me, and I didn't let it. And and I really hope that I can save just one person's life. I'm not seeking hundreds of thousands of people that I can save, If I can reach that one person and change their life or change the way that they think. Great. And I just wanted to say again, thank you guys so much for your support forever. Um, Just always remember that you could find me on Facebook in the mental health movement group. My name is Chris. You can find me on TikTok under a mental health pod and on Instagram. And of course, my YouTube channel, Mental Health Movement. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a blessed weekend. And please, please always remember, be gentle with yourselves.